Section 14 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Sunday 9. At Hinn's Chapel, Clark County, I preached, and thereby paid a debt which I had contracted last year by sending N. Snethen to preach in my place, by which, it may be, some people were disappointed. My text was Second Peter 1, 4-8. On Monday we took the path for Madison, crossing the Kentucky River at Combs Ferry. We put in at Christopher Irwin's. On Tuesday we stopped at Woods, in the woods. His house being unfinished, there were masons, and carpenters, and gentlemen, and riflemen, and whiskey topers, besides the gnats and bats, which, ever and anon, flew in and out. We quitted our purgatory upon paying two and a half dollars for three of us. Wednesday 12. It rained today. We encountered the rocks and hills, on the route to Rock Castle River, and stopped, dripping and willing, at Senior Ferris's. Here we had fire, food, prayer, a room, and a bed. On Thursday we started and reached Richard Bollinger's. Our host gave us entertainment gratis, and we had prayer at night and in the morning. I think seriously of forming a wilderness circuit. It is high time to begin. Tennessee, Friday 14. We came to Hunt's at Claiborne's Courthouse, and next day reached Martin Stubblefield's. What a road we have passed! Certainly the worst on the whole continent, even in the best weather. Yet, bad as it was, there were four or five hundred crossing the rude hills whilst we were. I was powerfully struck with the consideration that there were at least as many thousand emigrants annually from east to west. We must take care to send preachers after these people. We have made 1,080 miles from Philadelphia, and now what a detail of sufferings might I give, fatiguing to me to write, and perhaps to my friends to read. A man who is well-mounted will scorn to complain of the roads, when he sees men, women, and children, almost naked, paddling barefoot and bare-legged along, or laboring up the rocky hills, whilst those who are best off have only a horse for two or three children to ride at once. If these adventurers have little or nothing to eat, it is no extraordinary circumstance, and not uncommon, to encamp in the wet woods after night. In the mountains it does not rain, but pours. I, too, have my sufferings, perhaps peculiar to myself, pain and temptation, the one of the body and the other of the spirit, no room to retire to, that in which you sit common to all, crowded with women and children, the fire occupied by cooking, much and long-loved solitude not to be found, unless you choose to run out into the rain in the woods. Six months in the year I have had, for thirty-two years, occasionally, to submit to what will never be agreeable to me. But the people, it must be confessed, are amongst the kindest souls in the world. But kindness will not make a crowded log cabin, twelve feet by ten, agreeable. Without are cold and rain, and within, six adults, and as many children, one of which is all motion. 
The dogs, too, must sometimes be admitted. On Saturday at Felix Ernest's, I found that amongst my other trials I had taken the itch. And considering the filthy houses and filthy beds I have met with in coming from the Kentucky Conference, it is perhaps strange that I have not caught it twenty times. I do not see that there is any security against it, but by sleeping in a brimstone shirt. Poor Bishop! But we must bear it for the elect's sake. I have written some letters to our local brethren, and read the book of Daniel since I have been in this house. Sunday 23 My soul is tranquil, the air is pure, and the house of God is near, and Jehovah is nearer. At Ebenezer I preached on James 1, 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. By introduction I collected the words of our Lord, and those of the Apostle Paul, upon the same subject, and brought them to one point. In opening the subject I observed, 1. What we are taught in the preaching of the gospel. First, Christian experience. Secondly, Christian tempers. Thirdly, Christian perfection. Fourthly, Christian duties. 2. General head. How people should hear the word. Constantly, seriously. In faith, in prayer. As believing it promises all that is good and threatens the most dreadful evil. 3. To be doers of the word is to seek for the immediate experience and practice of the word. North Carolina. On Monday we came off in earnest, refreshed at Isaiah Harrison's, and continued on to the Paint Mountain, passing the gap newly made, which makes the road down to Paint Creek much better. I lodged with Mr. Nelson, who treated me like a minister, a Christian, and a gentleman. Tuesday 25. We reached Buncombe. The road is greatly mended by changing the direction, and throwing a bridge over the ivy. Wednesday 26. We called a meeting at Killian's, and a gracious season it was. My subject was 1 Corinthians 15, 38. Sister Killian and Sister Smith, sisters in the flesh, and kindred spirits in holiness and humble obedience, are both gone to their reward and glory. On Thursday we came away in haste, crossed Swamote at T. Foster's, the French Broad at the High Shoals, and afterward again at Beard's Bridge, and put up for the night at Andrew Mitchell's. In our route, we passed two large encamping places of the Methodists and Presbyterians. It made the country look like the Holy Land. Friday 28. We came up Little River, a sister stream of French Broad. It offered some beautiful flats of land. We found a new road, lately cut, which brought us in at the head of Little River, at the old fording place, and within hearing of the falls, a few miles off of the head of Matthews Creek, a branch of the Saluda. The waters foaming down the rocks with a descent of half a mile make themselves heard at a great distance. I walked down the mountain, after riding sixteen or eighteen miles before breakfast, and came in about twelve o'clock to Father John Douthitz. Once more I have escaped from filth, fleas, rattlesnakes, hills, 
mountains, rocks, and rivers. Farewell, Western world, for a while. We are 1,270 miles from Philadelphia. South Carolina, Monday, 31. I rode to Chastain's 20 miles, crossing three branches of the Saluda, not many miles from their sources. Tuesday, November 1. At the meeting house, I spoke on 2 Peter 5, 6 through 9. After meeting, we rode away 15 miles to Woods, and next day preached at his house to a lifeless congregation, and came off without dining to John Foster's, 12 miles. In this route, I crossed the three branches of Tiger River, and passed through Greensville and Spartansburg counties. My mind hath been in great peace under all my trials, and labors, and troubles. I find that the camp meetings in this state, and in Georgia, have been conducted in great order, and with great success. Thursday 3. At Foster's Meeting House, I spoke on Matthew 5.12. I had some opening. In the evening, Moses Matthews and G. Doherty had a lively prayer meeting. I find we have lost Phoebe Wells, Mary Hughes, Eleanor Parker, formerly Owens, and William Hazelwood, members of our society in Charleston. They died of the prevailing fever. Friday 4. We recrossed the branches of Tiger and Ennery rivers and came along a crippling path to Thomas Terry's, near the fork shoals of Reedy River. We have a new frame house, 30 by 24 feet, built for worship, on Mount Terry. This has been erected in pursuance of my last year's advice, and by one man. Tomorrow we shall open our new house. Saturday 5. I spoke on 2 Peter 2, 1, 2. It was a rainy day, but we had a congregation. On the Sabbath day, I preached on Isaiah 46, 7. I labored hard. I fear to little purpose. May the seed sown in great weakness be raised by the power of God. On Monday, I rode to the Golden Grove and preached upon Galatians 5, 22 through 25. It was a cold day, and there were but few people. It is the cotton, corn, and potato harvest. I rode that evening to B. Stanton's upon Saluda. On Tuesday at Salem, I preached to a few hearers upon Ephesians 6, 13-19. We made James Terrence that evening. Wednesday brought us to David Dunlop's, and Thursday to Claiborne Brown's. We met people coming from a militia muster, drunk, and staggering along the lanes and paths. These unhappy souls have had their camp meeting, and shout forth the praises of the God of strong drink. Glory be to God, we have our camp meetings too, of longer continuance, and more and louder shouting of glory, and honor, and praises to the God of the armies of the earth. Go on, ye servants of the Lord, and thou, mighty Savior, extend the victories of gospel grace. In Lawrence County, I passed the Quaker settlement upon Rebones Creek. Friday 11. I rode in haste to Bethel, 35 miles. On Saturday, I rested. On the Sabbath, I preached at Bethel once more. 
My text was Mark 13:34, to the end of the chapter. After sermon I rode eight miles to Brother Lowe's, amongst the Dutch people, and enforced Hebrews 4, 4 through 16. At Mr. Rolls's, twenty-five miles distant, I had on Monday a gracious season, whilst expounding Matthew 7, 7 through 11. We crossed Conti's ferry on Tuesday, and I entered Columbia like an Indian chief. It rained, and I had cast a blanket round me. John Harper came to meet us and welcome us to his house, where, although the weather was stormy, we held a family meeting, and the rooms were filled with respectable hearers. My choice of a text was singular. It was our Lord's most affectionate words to his broken-hearted disciples when giving notice of his departure from them. John fourteen eighteen. Wednesday 16 was unfavorable, but we took the path manfully for Charleston. After crossing the ferry at Granby, the rain came upon us powerfully, and accompanied us to the widow Gagler's. With her we dined and took it again to Whetstones. Thursday 17 was a clear, warm day. We dined with the widow Welsh, and pursuing our journey, lodged at the widow Hart's. Thus we have been cast upon the distinguishing kindness of sisters to her of Sarepta. Friday 18. We came to Mr. Enquin's, and next day reached Charleston, after riding thirty miles without rest or food for man or beast. I took possession of the new house built for the preachers, near the new chapel. Sunday 20. I went once more to Cumberland Street House, and had gracious feelings whilst expounding 1 Peter 5.10. My stay being short, I attended in the afternoon, and spoke upon David's repentance, as recorded in Psalm 51, 9-11. This also was a seasonable time, and all were attentive. Brother Kendrick spoke in the new church in the afternoon, and Brother Doherty in the old church at night, whilst the new church was occupied by Brother Darley. All this labor was, we hope, not in vain. Some appeared to be in distress. Who knows what God will yet do for wicked Charleston? I continued a week in Charleston, lodging in our own house at Bethel, receiving my visitors, ministers and people, white, black, and yellow. It was a paradise to me, and to some others. Sunday 27 I preached an ordination sermon upon Galatians 1, 15, 16, after which we set apart Bennett Kendrick to the elder's office, to which he had been elected by the Virginia Conference. In the afternoon I gave them my farewell discourse in Cumberland Street Meeting House. My subject was Ephesians 4, 1, 2. Monday 28. We began our journey to Augusta, on our way dined at Mr. Carr's in Dorchester, and stopped for the night with Mr. Isaac Perry, upon Cypress Swamp, by whom we were most affectionately received, and most comfortably accommodated. Tuesday 29. We stopped to dine with Captain Cogers, and came on to S's, next day to Trotter's, on Thursday to Pierce's, Tinker Creek. Georgia, Friday, December 2. We reached our place of destination. 
my mind is calm, and hath been kept in a praying frame. I have ridden one thousand six hundred and fifty-four miles by computation since I left Philadelphia. By letter from Philip Bruce, I learned that the work of God has promising appearances in the eastern and western districts of North Carolina, but abundantly more so in the south district of Virginia. At a kind of camp meeting, held at Woolsey Barn, but now Ellis's Chapel, more properly, there have been, report says, one hundred whites, and a number of blacks, converted to God. At Guilford Quarterly Meeting, thirty, and as many within a short space at Norfolk, brought to Christ. But still larger accounts are received of the work of the Lord in this state. This, however, may be more fully known by reference to Stith Mead's narrative letters on the subject. My lodging in Augusta is with Peter Cantalou, a friend from France. Sunday 4. I preached upon Colossians 6, 2, 3, in the morning. In the afternoon, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. I had satisfactory openings, but I have not those feelings I enjoyed at Charleston. We have a house here, sixty feet by forty, an attentive and large congregation, and seventy members in fellowship. I hope this conference will give us one hundred souls converted. At Thomas Haynes's, Uchi, we had a house filled. My subject was Colossians 2, 6. It was a feeling season. Next day at White Oak, I spoke on Hebrews 12, 28-29, to a few. We rode home with Ignatius Few, whose eldest son is Sirius. Wednesday 7 We came to Scott's Meeting House, an irregular congregation. My text was 1 Corinthians twenty fifty-eight. The day was gloomy, the preacher sick, and part of the congregation very inattentive. I lodged with Mr. Gatrell. On Thursday it rained, but we wormed through the scratching woods to Mr. Ware's, where I stopped. Brother Mead went to one appointment, and Brother Randall to another, with small expectation of meeting many people at either. For myself, let me move which way I may, appointments or no appointments, I am sure to be brought into business. Well, so best. Friday night. I preached at Clendon's Chapel on Romans 3, 2. 1. The characters of believers. 2. The nature and causes of their sleep. 3. The signs of the time and the knowledge thereof that they may be instructed to awake out of sleep. This was the general plan of my discourse, and we had a gracious season. On Saturday I came to Petersburg. The text for today was 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, 9. Sunday 11. It rained. I spoke in a very open house on Ephesians 6, 18, 19. I lodged at Mr. Oliver's. The face of affairs here is greatly altered for the better, but I expect greater things yet. We have a society, it is true, but we want a house of our own to preach in. On Monday at Thompson's Chapel, I spoke on Hebrews 2, 3, 4, and had good openings on the text. We lodged with Judge Tate. 
At Freeman's Chapel, my subject was Hebrews 2, 3, 4. I spoke with liberty. We lodged with Mr. Freeman. Wednesday found me at Mark's Chapel. My subject was Hebrews 3, 14. When Brother Mark's house is finished, he hopes to build a chapel, which he means to call Sardis. He is a kind master to his slaves, and hence the probability of his liberating them by will. But he may change his mind before he dies. Thursday 15. At Hill's Chapel upon Long Creek, I chose Romans 8, 1, 2. First, real Christians are in Christ Jesus, and Christ is in believers. See 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... Galatians 6, 15, for in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 10, and if Christ be in you. Colossians 1, 27, Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ contemplated in this view must mean the operations of his grace and the privileges of Christians. Second, what Christians should do and what they should not do. Not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Third, they that walked after the flesh were in a state of condemnation by the law, the word of God, and their own consciences. And they who walked after the Spirit were in a justified state. I showed that condemnation supposed guilt, loss of privileges, and liability to punishment and death. Justification was present, future, and eternal. After preaching, I took through the rain about twenty miles up to Henry Pope's, upon Long Creek, in Oglethorpe County. I have passed rapidly through Richmond, Columbia, Lincoln, Wilkes, Elbert, and Oglethorpe counties in Georgia. I will make a few observations upon the ignorance of foolish men who will rail against our church government. The Methodists acknowledge no superiority but what is founded on seniority, election, and long and faithful services. For myself, I pity those who cannot distinguish between a Pope of Rome and an old, worn man of about sixty years, who has the power given him of riding five thousand miles a year, at a salary of eighty dollars, through summer's heat and winter's cold, traveling in all weather, preaching in all places his best covering from rain often but a blanket, the surest sharpener of his wit, hunger, from fasts, voluntary and involuntary, his best fare for six months of the twelve, coarse kindness, and his reward from too many, suspicion, envy, and murmurings all the year round. Friday 16. Rested. Next day at the chapel, I spoke on 1 Corinthians 10, 12, 13. The weather was cold, and also the people. Sunday 18. I stood without doors, fixed my blanket to screen me from the sun, and my cap to shelter me from the wind. I cried in the words of my divine Master, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. First, the light of your principles and doctrine. Second, the light of your experience. Third, the light of your tempers. Fourth, the light of your practice, that they may see it manifested in virtue and piety, and be converted to God.
On Tuesday, at Burke's Chapel, I spoke upon Galatians 6, 9. We had a full house, a spiritual congregation, and a quickening season. After meeting, we were under the necessity of riding in our wet clothes twelve miles to John Stevens's. Wednesday 21. Excessively cold. I preached, however, a sermon on 2 Peter 1, 4. We came away without feeding man or beast today, and bent our course to Mr. Bush's. Thursday 22. At Heath's Gap I spoke on Hebrews 6, 11, 12. After meeting we went on to Colonel Stith's at Ogeechee. Surely there is a great change here in the heads and members of the family. Friday 23. At Spart, notwithstanding the races, we had a full house at Lucas's retreat. On Saturday I rode down to Matthew Harris's. I passed through Warren, Hancock, and Washington, and have ridden by computation 1,900 miles from Philadelphia. There are many hindrances to the work of God in this section of the country, some evitable and some inevitable. Amongst the first are Sabbath markets, rum, races, and rioting. Of the latter may be enumerated, necessary business, so-called. The sudden and severe changes, more peculiar to this southern climate, which affects people powerfully, and against which they have not the protection of warm dwellings. The houses are universally unfinished and open, and the churches and chapels are in no better state. My mind is kept in perfect peace, notwithstanding my daily labors, and my sufferings in exposure to night air, and day damps, and hard fare, and hard lodging. Monday 26. At New Chapel I preached, lodged at Jesse Jordan's. At Walnut Branch Chapel I spoke on Romans 13, 11, 12. We lodged at Mr. Brett's. On Wednesday we had a proper storm of rain in the afternoon. Passing through Louisville, we stopped with Mr. Flournoy, a new convert. His wife is amongst the respectables. So, on Thursday I preached at a new chapel called Bethel, in the woods, in Jefferson County. My text was Acts 26, 17, 18. On Friday we rode to Spirit Creek. We had an appointment for Saturday at a new chapel, but it rained, and we had few hearers. There being several preachers present, I chose for my text Romans 2, 21. After meeting we rode thirteen miles to Mr. Beale's, near Augusta. To my surprise, I find Bishop Coke is in Augusta before me. I have received letters of consequence from the North. End of section 14. Recording by Brian Keenan.